Lord. It is the love of my life to um, follow you, to um, communicate your word. I'm so thankful that your word is always true and always up to date, always appropriate in every season in our life. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes and may we see through the lens of your word, through your viewpoint. Uh, May your Holy Spirit shine light in uh, practical application areas, places in our life where we need to apply skillful, godly wisdom in our lives, outside the four walls of this church, when we move on into life Monday through Saturday. I pray, Father, for wisdom for each of us in that application. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, John spoke the last few weeks. Let's just do a, a little recap, shall we? Three myths and making a comeback, moving on to a new level, maybe looking back at some uh, failures or perceived failures can be just a perception. Um, failure, even if it's a, a real failure, let's say this. Let's, let's go that you, you do look back and there was a huge failure. Well, um, most of the, the people that you would study along the lines of success, uh, I'll take Dave Ramsey, for instance. He's um, an expert in the realm of finances, and we know that he had a couple of bankruptcies. So failure in and of itself, it's all about how you perceive it. So in looking back, um, there are some myths that we often, that, that we need to take care of. We want to look at those things. And the first myth that John mentioned is the experience myth. And looking back, we often look back on situations and say, well, I've been in this field 20 years, so now I've learned and now I'm ready to move ahead. And that is not always the case. The experience myth. It's evaluated experience that makes us wiser, not the experience itself. Or the second myth, I know better. Just because we know better doesn't mean we'll necessarily do something different or do better. Knowing is not necessarily having the power to do better. Aren't you glad you have God? Each week when John, and when John read that, I'm, I'm like, hallelujah. I'm so thankful that God is in this mix when we're Christians. And that we don't have to just say, well, not because it, there is a level of power in knowing truth. So that the truth that we know can set us free. But just looking back and saying, okay, now I know, apart from the work of God in our life and his partnership, we won't necessarily do better just because we know better. And then thirdly, the time myth. All right, well, enough time has passed. Now I know what to do. Or the time myth can be a pressure zone. Time is ticking. Look at the calendar. Look how old I am. Uh, So the time myth. Uh, well, I've been out of work this, this amount of time, and so I need to go from my temporary job into this just because there's pressure uh, regarding the calendar, regarding the clock, doesn't mean that we're necessarily positioned and ready for an effective comeback. So uh, let's look at a couple of things today as we position ourselves, as you and I look back and position ourselves for a comeback. Two key decisions that you and I can make, decisions, It really does boil down to, I decide. 
I can decide. That's what makes you and I in the image of God. We can decide what to do in situations. The moment you feel powerless, the moment you feel overwhelmed, uh, what, what do we want to do? We want to notice that indicator, notice that flag in our lives and say, no, no, this can't be. We don't want to move ahead with something when we feel overwhelmed or out of control. So let's talk about a couple of decisions that you and I can make. We're going to talk about the past, the present, and the future. So regarding those things, regarding the past, most specifically, the past does not have to follow you into the future. In making a comeback, it doesn't have to follow you. However, it likely will. If we don't do some things that are intentional, the past will follow us into the future. I want to take a, a passage here that Paul wrote in the New Testament. Philippians 3, 13 through 14. You may want to jot down some of these notes and even go back later as you apply some of these things. You're thinking specifically. You're having a conversation with me on the other side as we, as we discuss this. You're thinking about specifics in your own life. So notes can be extremely valuable as you determine, as I determine, to walk this out in our, our lives and make application. Philippians 3, 13 to 14 says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended but one thing. I call that focus. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what relationship, business failure, financial challenge, circumstance from your past do you need to deal with in order for it not to come into your future? If it's not intentional, it will follow you. You know, they say of divorce, they say that people that divorce once are generally likely to uh, divorce a second time. And of those that even less of those second marriages tend to be successful and they end in another divorce. So that's just a good example of the fact that we don't always just necessarily uh, say, well, I'm not going to let that affect me anymore. There have to be some things that are intentional and purposeful in order for that to be the case. Notice in that scripture that it says that Paul said, I press, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. First of all, he looked behind with purpose. You know, this is a faith church, and we believe that what is behind you, based on scripture, doesn't have to um, inhibit your progress in the future. But there are some things often that we have to look at. And so we're going to deal with some things in the past. I want to ask you today, are there people in the past? The first thing was, are there circumstances that could follow you into the future um, that would affect your future? And secondly, you can decide today that the people who've hurt you and mistreated you, if you've been alive any uh, any length of time at all. We don't have the children in here. Children's church is taking place in another room. So everybody in here, if you live in this world, it's a cursed world. If you live in this world, you've had people mistreat you. Yes, I'm talking to Christians. Oftentimes, Christians mistreat other Christians. There may be someone in this room that has offended you, and they don't even know it. We're going to deal with those things today in order to empower us. You see, this is not just about you and me individually, but it is about us moving ahead. Yes, it's about you individually. This church is only as strong as you are 
individually. But it is also about us corporately moving ahead into the plan of God. Well, we, we see, and we, we could certainly understand, I think you might agree, that if the enemy to our soul wants to inhibit progress in the Keller area and in the impact that this church would make in the Keller area and beyond into the mission field and other areas, then he begins by attacking individuals. It's all of it. It's all of it combined. So what can you do to keep the people who hurt you and mistreated you from continuing to influence you? How can you keep situations in your past from following you, from repeating uh, itself again? Here are a couple of indicators that there could be some things that are following you, and we can make a break with that today. We'll talk about the how-to in a minute. These indicators are guilt, shame, regret, bitterness, and unforgiveness. So shame, let's talk about that. Um, Things you experienced in your past, some of you are getting visual pictures. I want you to go there with me for a minute because we're going to, here's what I'm leaving for you and me today. There's going to be some healing take place right? There's going to be healing take place so that we can make a comeback. And did you know that you can make such a comeback that those things never again dog your path or affect the decisions that you make? Guilt. Things that you did or that were done to you can often have a level of of guilt associated with them. Things that you did. Things that you didn't do. Regret, things that you didn't accomplish, goals that were not set. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to hear me on this for a minute. As I was studying this this week, that little piece of regret, um, I'm, I'm at a mid-stage in life. Um, I was talking to the class in the first hour, and um, I stopped and said something, you know, about six or seven years ago, and then I thought to myself, no, you're not 35 anymore. That was 20 years ago. You, you know, so sometimes those things uh, pass. How far back do we need to go? But regarding that, um, with, with regret, in this area, there can be some things where we hold God responsible. He didn't come through. C- could we just be open? It's just you, and you're, you're sitting there having dialogue between you and God. Allow him to do something in that. In the area of regret, it can be that we look back and we say, what happened there? So regret can be an issue, an indicator. Uh, You didn't accomplish what you wanted. It didn't go the way you thought it should go, so there's regret. Bitterness. Bitterness is one of those. I think we can understand guilt, shame, uh, regret, unforgiveness. But bitterness is one of those words that um, I I wanted to kind of dive into because I I don't think I necessarily knew uh, what bitterness was. So it's associated with grief, disappointment, hate, and anger. It often, here's one thing about bitterness, it often harbors resent it harbors and and uh keeps a record of wrong bitterness is there an area in your life that you need to be honest with yourself and say there's a, a level of bit of uh bitterness you, you know how all of these relate something they have in common guilt shame regret bitterness and unforgiveness they're all tied to the past well, what did paul say he says i'm gonna i'm gonna forget what's behind me 
I'm not going to give it any power in my life. You and I are not called to have amnesia. But here's the thing. We can put it away. We can put it away. Um, One way that we give power to negative circumstances over the years is to recount them. Recount them. To talk about them. I want to ask you, is there something in your life that maybe you've given power to because you keep talking about it? Is there something in my life that that I need to say, well, maybe if I quit talking about that, I won't give power to it anymore. It could be the fact that the person that caused the pain is dead. And so that person's gone, but yet it still plagues me. So I want to talk to you a bit about some what I believe the Lord laid on my heart through Scripture regarding things dealing with the past. Um, we all have a past. Some of it, you know, just happened a week ago, and then some uh, things from far back. These things are pertinent because they inhibit our power. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Do you know, we, a lot of, we just said amen to that. Let's do that again. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I would say you agree, but listen to this. Think about this in church settings. If you've been in church uh, much of your life, we tend to validate the serious much more than we validate joy. We think if I'm serious and if I've, if I, boy, I'm going to approach this with seriousness. Um, we, we, isn't that a religious mindset? Where do we get that? Because the Bible says your joy is your strength. And so we could say today, low joy level, low strength level. What we're talking about with guilt, bitterness, shame, these things can can inhibit our joy. So joy is going to be stirred up in you today as I talk, as we look at what the Scripture says. I want you to give some things in the past to God in a way that you haven't been able to do before. How does that happen? Decision. And then we're going to talk about the follow-through in a minute. It starts with a decision. Everything in your life starts with a decision. The day I got married, that was just a decision. The years that followed were the follow-through. Do you want to know how long we've been married? It's, it's going to be 31 years in March. 30 years in March? I've been married to you 31. We started dating before that. so He's right because I don't remember those dates. He's the romantic one and I'm not, so he's actually right. But I wasn't too far off. I didn't say 40. So anyway, it's important for us as we, as we position ourselves. You enjoy that way too much. Let's look at what Romans 8.38 says about your past because there's a future ahead. You can make a decision today. Now, here's the thing. Have you ever noticed on Sundays there's a, a, all kinds of energy, and you go out, and you're like, woo I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. I'm going to do this Christian life this week. And then by Tuesday, something happens. That's on purpose. There's an enemy to your soul that wants to get your joy. So I want to ask you something. Let's back up, because we got to do this before we, we got to take care of a couple of things before we move ahead. What is it that's been getting you? Is it traffic? Because really, you don't know those people. Get a CD. 
and decide what you're going to have traffic. Do you, anybody from out of town? Well, see, y'all live here. We know that. Oh, some. I'm sorry, but you're going to have traffic and some issues. But here's the thing: there, there's, there's going to be traffic. So I'm just using that as an example. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, if it weren't for this or if it weren't for that, I, I got to ask you something. What's stealing your joy? Is it all even? Well, uh, my, my teenager told a lie. Okay, so that's a big deal. They, they snuck out of the house. That's a big deal. If that's as big a deal as lunch was late, we have got to make sure that there's a level of control that there's a level, there's a place from where you live. Jesus said this, the kingdom of God is within you. And he, he described the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace. Anybody for some peace. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So we have to have those things. It's, it's got to be our position. The kingdom of God, the way he rules it in your life. You may have been thinking, maybe you've been chasing your tail in some area of your life. Why won't God do something? He reigns from a position that you and I allow him to reign. And that is righteousness, right. Don't, don't get too spiritual with righteousness. Doing right, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost is not just for this this place in here. We actually are supposed to use what we do here. Well, have you ever noticed you leave church and you're like, woohoo? Well, we can do that all throughout the week. Are you reading your Bible? It doesn't get any more important than our own devotional life. How is your relationship with God? So those things are important if we're going to move ahead and make a real comeback that stays as a comeback. I don't want to be one step forward, ten step backwards. Oh, no. No, I don't have enough time left. My children are too important. I've got things to do in this life. I want to make a mark. So I can't just be waffling a few steps forward, a few steps backward. There can be some, some issues with success. I know that, that we're all learning in life, but I'm talking about your position as a believer. Righteousness, it's, it's the way you're going to rule and dominate in your world. It's the way that we're going to dominate. We can't ask God to do something that he's called us to do. He's called us to dominate by righteousness, the right thing. If you're not doing the right thing, repent right there. Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So then Romans 8, 38 says this. We're going to talk about the past, shall we? For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing. Wait, I, I skipped a line. Nor, angel, nor principalities, nor powers. I'm there with you now. Nor things present nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If you were reading that, you looked right there and you thought, okay, she said we were going to talk about the past, but this says, nor things present, nor things to come. He left out the past. He, he left out the past. Why? 
God's very purposeful. Every word of the Bible is God-breathed. So if we see that there are these things that shall not separate us from the, the love of God, present things and things to come. But did you know that unless we deal with the past, they can separate us from the love of God? Well, what problem does that present? Identity problems. Who are you in Christ Jesus? What does he have planned for you? And if we don't take care of things from the past, then it can really cause a blockade. As Christians, we don't have access. If you're dealing with guilt, shame, bitterness, unforgiveness, regret, you don't have access to the past. Jesus purchased it the day you were saved. He wants to take it. He purchased the past. Maybe you're thinking today, you're thinking, well, I know about, you know, forgiveness and like I'm thinking about somebody from the past and you don't know how they hurt me. I, I would probably, I can easily say that there are probably people in this room that have experienced horrific things that I, I wouldn't even be able to imagine. Gwen, you don't know how they hurt me. How can I let go of that? Um, or maybe you're thinking, you know what, they, that person might see it this way. I see it that way. But I have a right to my own opinion. That is true. In fact, being made in the image of God, you have a right to your own opinion. However, personally, I've decided I'm not going to have my own opinion. I'd rather have God's viewpoint, and here's why. He'll leverage, he will leverage that thing from the past in order to work it for your good. Nobody out there in the world has that without God. He will leverage that thing, but if you'll let go of it from your own viewpoint, let go of that thing and see it through his eyes of mercy. Did you know without forgiveness, there can be no mercy? If we don't forgive situations and circumstances, if we don't forgive people, there can, we can't show mercy. One reason why we don't want to look back on things from the past without God's viewpoint, we want to trade in our opinion. One, thing, one reason why we want to do that is because through the blood of Jesus, they don't look the same anymore. Through the blood of Jesus, they don't, they're not the same. So to visit those things regularly, remember what I talked about talking about? The same old thing. I'm talking about things. There is a time to talk about things and get those things worked out. We're not talking about being clueless or covering over things that we shouldn't cover over. This is based on truth. So in that, when we're, when we're looking back on things from the past, people that have wronged us, situations that went wrong, situations that we regret, when we give them to God, they no longer look the same, and we tend to look back and with the same hurt, the same pain, the same uh, picturing the same obstacle, when, in fact, Jesus is asking you to, let me have that, and I'll change it. It's not going to look the same anymore. So the past is not yours, and it's not mine. As we go ahead in the comeback for the future, those, those relationships— that cause pain, those circumstances that cause pain. We're going to position ourselves for a comeback. Are you ready for the how-to? Me too. Let's go to Ephesians 4. The how-to on keeping those things from the past uh, in their place, in the past, letting God have them and not allowing them to follow me into my future. Ephesians 4.26, you'll see here two imperatives. 
two statements of things that actions that we're supposed to do. This is in regard to relationships. Relationships add to the quality of your life or they sap the quality of your life. Either one. Um, so Ephesians 4 says this. Be angry. Well, some of us have been obeying a command we didn't even know was there. Be ye angry. God doesn't have a problem with your anger. Did you know that anger can motivate? If we don't give out, if nothing upsets us, then we might be rather a, you know, a little bit too even keel. So be angry and that conjunction there means that what is on the front side of that sentence is related to what's on the other side of the sentence. Be angry and, and you can do both. You can be angry and not sin. How? Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. So I believe that indicator's there. All of that's there for a reason. Um, going to, to, to bed night after night with anger at someone, at a situation, at ourselves. Hello? Anybody ever been? We can talk all, all this, this time together that we have about what other people have done to us. And if you're sitting there and you're like me, I'm thinking of some things I've done to myself. <laughs> have you ever messed yourself up? Um, and you don't have anybody to blame but your own self. I've been there. Be angry, do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Would you look at that phrase right there? Nor give place to the devil. In the Greek text, that word devil is not devil. Here's what that word is. Liar or slanderer. Liar or slander. The translators came across, uh, came later, and decided to place the word devil. Well, it could be synonymous because he's the king of all lies, right? Remember, when we're dealing with people, we got to recognize the fact that there's a situation. When there's a negative situation, the enemy is behind that for the most part. So we've got to be aware of that too. But the liar, the slanderer. And then what about that? Is give place. The word give place there means staging ground. So do not give the liar or the slanderer a staging ground for your comeback for the rest of your life. You don't, you may have, you might not ever have a, a situation where you have amnesia, but you don't have to let those things from the past mark your future. So we could say it like this, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor Give a staging ground to the liar or the slanderer. We'll take that in relation to maybe someone that you've dealt with in the past. Neither give place to Frank. Neither give place to Dad. Neither give place to... Because when we do that, we give the the um, enemy staging ground. This is just amazing. Yeah, you'll find it amazing too. I didn't even know this was in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 6, 7, Paul is talking about how brothers should relate to one another in the body of Christ, how we should deal with one another when we're treated unfairly. Here's a phrase that he, he makes, a statement he makes. Why not rather be wronged? I'm going to ask you that. Why not rather be wronged? When we're looking back, when we're looking for justice, we're looking for things to be made right. Of course, there can be valuable conversations. 
But when things are far enough in the past that there is no going back to fix them, why not rather be wronged? Can we come to a place where we say, I don't have to be right. I don't have to be heard out on this uh, particular circumstance. I can move ahead even though I was, I was wronged. So what we're talking about here is a level of lifestyle change, a, a position of attitude. You can be in a position. In fact, you can get so good at it. Um, this is one of the Johns. I, I think it's third John, but it talks about practicing righteousness. I just love that, that we can practice righteousness. And what used to really be an issue for us, this is what what life is supposed to look like because how are people out there going to see a difference in your life and mine if we don't actually live differently and if the results of our lives are not completely different? So practicing righteousness. Let's go on in Ephesians 4. Verse 31, again, this is the how-to, how to not let the situations from the past inhibit a comeback for your future. God has a plan and a purpose for everyone in this this place. I, I sense that there's someone here today, and you're discounting that. You're saying, well, I know that she means all these church people. I'm talking to you. God himself wants you to know there's a place for you in 2018 for a comeback. So verse 31 says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Have we found a discrepancy? Because we just read in verse 26, be angry and don't sin. And then we go down to verse 31 and it says, um, you said be angry and now it says put away anger. Here's what I think that means. It's that kingdom of God within you. Situations can come your way, but the way you react to, act to those situations can cause them to become a part of you. Can you and I dare to believe, God, that we can live in this world and have a level of protection, have a level of peace when the world around us is going crazy? Maybe you recently, you would say, well, Gwen, you might be sitting there today, Gwen, you know, the last week, at least the last three days, or it's been wonderful for me. I don't really know if I can use this stuff even. If that's you, then here, here's the thing. I would ask you this. Awesome. Was it circumstantial? Did something just change? Now you're all better. That's not what we're called to do as kingdom people. Just because things got better doesn't mean that, 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 that we're happy then. Our joy is tied to that. There's got to be something where, by which a place on the inside of us, by which we dominate the circumstances around us. You see, if you and I don't dominate internally, we cannot dom- dominate externally. So much of our Christian walk, we talk about how-to and practical things we ought to do. But you can do all the right things, but you'll be spinning your tail if... Spinning your tail, that was interesting. Uh, Spinning, you'll be spinning. You'll be... um, There's got to be a better better word there. But you'll you'll be spinning in a world of it'll be crazy if we don't have a position. A position of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit that's within us so that when things come, we're positionally all right. It, I'm telling you, it's, it can be exhilarating. It can be 
exhilarating. When things come your way and you go, hmm, going to do some practicing righteousness. That is not, I will not say a word. Try it. You might say, oh, Gwen, that sounds so weak. Uh, you tr- try, try it. <laughs> Christmas is coming. Extended family, you know the ones. A position of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit that is not related to circumstances. That's what this is. I believe that's what it says in verse 31 when it says, put those away from you. They're going to come to you. Angry, aggravating, irritating situations. They are going to come to you. But we put them away from us, away from that internal place where you can dominate. Again, we, we so often we talk about how to be successful in the world around us. Why? Because that's the fruitfulness of your life is what shows the world around you that God is, is really real. They don't have the Bible. They don't have an experience. They need to see you. They need to see me living in a position of, of dominating over circumstances. So verse 32, let's go on. And here's, here's the how-to as well. How to live in that place of comeback so that the things from our past don't plague us in our future. And be kind. Some of us have, have, have just put kindness way down here. Oh, yeah. You know, you're, you're, you start learning that when you're in preschool, right? You start learning the preschool thing. Be kind. Be nice. By the time you've lived life a few years, if you're not careful, there'll be something in your head that says, what good did that do me? So what do we have to do? What's the challenge? Come back to the Word and say, either, either God is true or He's not. Kindness is a fruit of the Spirit. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Here we go. Here's the action. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's interesting that Jesus, when He gave an example of the Lord's Prayer to the disciples and to those people that were present. He said, when you pray, pray, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So what he's doing is he's tying our own forgiveness with our ongoing forgiveness of others. You know, as long as we're here, we're going to have a need for forgiveness. You're going to miss it. Hopefully, here's the thing. You, you did not hear a sloppy grace in what I just said. Grace is the empowerment not to do it again. But there'll be situations where you may be, again, I'm talking morally, right? There are some moral things that, that you can decide I will never be in that trap again addicted to prescription drugs. I will never be in sexual immorality again, ever. You can make those decisions. The world wants to say, oh, nobody can, nobody can live by those codes. That's not what the Bible says. So you and I are empowered. Jesus tied our ongoing need for forgiveness where we miss the mark at times. Our ongoing need for forgiveness with our ongoing need to forgive others. And he went on to say, 
uh, we, we see that, that, that it's very biblical, that if we do not forgive those, their trespasses against us, he won't forgive us. It's, it's a big, big, big thing. So let me ask you, in the area of your life where you, you're thinking of, of things that have plagued you from the past, guilt, shame, regret, bitterness, unforgiveness, any of those things. I'm going to ask you today, right where you sit, to position yourself for a comeback in the new year. Here's the thing. Tomorrow, there may be symptoms. You may have today, you may take care of that thing. Remember the decision? I use the analogy of getting married. I did make that decision 30 years ago, but I, I have to follow through with that. So you may make a decision today. I'm not telling you you won't have symptoms of unforgiveness tomorrow. But you can tell yourself, I decided. If you'll do that, time will pass. Time will pass. It's not the time itself that heals. Don't get me wrong, John addressed that. He told us that time itself doesn't heal wounds. In fact, they get worse. So that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that you would say to yourself, and you would say to that circumstance, sound crazy? Remember? Remember, Jesus spoke to the fig tree. So we have to understand the, the spiritual power that's given us as we pray, as we walk and follow through with these things. So you can de- decide today to let go of a regretful situation, of a disappointing situation, and then tomorrow we'll follow through. Oh, I already made that decision. I already made that decision. You might want to jot it down in a place where you're taking notes. You might want to put it in your phone. The day I made a decision. To live out of a place of confidence, confidence in God, confidence in my my future ahead of me. So I want to close in prayer, and I want you to just visualize. I offer you to, um, you know, you might even want to put your hands together. These kinds of things are important because in the Old Testament, God often said to uh, his people, make a memorial, stack up these rocks, build something so that they could remember the decisions they made when they were there, the things that God called them to do when they were there. How are you and I going to remember? Action a lot of times helps us remember, jotting down dates so that we can remember things that took place, places in my life where I will never return again. I'll walk in righteousness, peace, and a place of power, joy, and the Holy Ghost. So if you want to take your, you could put your hands before you as a, as a point of reference. I give that thing to you as you just set your hands in your lap, maybe clasp before you. I give that person to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you that you have a plan for everyone in here for 2018. It's a good plan. It's a plan to prosper them, not to harm, to give hope and a future. So, Father, we just bring things, situations, issues, relationship problems, things that are not even the way they used to be, but we still have the guilt and the shame. Nobody can fix it. Nobody can go back and uh, an absentee father cannot tuck us in and make things work any better. It's, it's all in the past. Uh, uh, an employee that spoke harshly or didn't promote an employer that didn't promote when it was our obvious turn to be promoted. Any of those things, it's not going to be able to be fixed today. 
but we can place those things in your hand and apply our faith in the heart of God and and our trust in you, that you can actually work all things from our past for our good, for the present and the future. So, Lord, as we sit here today, we give those things to you individually. Each of us hands those things to you, asking you to help us make a quality decision to never go back to that place again. Never go back to that place of uh, sorrow where there was such regret, such disappointment, unforgiveness. But from here on, we can be in a position to know that God can bless us in spite of other of wrongs done to us or against us. Father, if there be someone in here today that needs to let go of offense, I just pray for the power to do so. Lord, you never ask us to do something. When you say forgive as I've forgiven you, when you ask us to forget those things that are behind and press on, you don't ask us to do things and then not empower us to do those. I'm asking for the anointing power of the Holy Spirit to fill this place, to cover. I just want to say this to you before we go on. Did you know forgiveness is tied to your healing? If you're sitting there today and you've been going round and round with a, a physical situation, let's believe for healing right now. You, you let that thing go. You forgive and watch God heal. Lord, I just pray for healing in the house. Healing of uh, emotional situations, real things, real, real things that any of us, if we heard the story, we'd say, yes, you have a right to hang on to that. You have a right to be bitter. But Lord, we're, we're letting go of our rights in order to allow you the right to cleanse, heal, leverage for our good. So we ask you for that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Amen.